everybody and welcome to another episode of Pass, Play, or Purchase. This is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. And today we're going to take a look at Obsession, the second edition. So it looks like it came out back in 2018, although copies are still really hard to come by. So I'm not too sure. I mean, maybe there's a supply thing going on. Um, demand is really high, but yeah, it's, it's tough tracking it down. Um, and I would normally get into the pricing, but because it's out of stock in most places uh, this time, I don't feel like it's too relevant. But I think when I was looking, it was probably like 60 to 80, depending if you're getting expansions or not. So, I guess. But. Yeah, a little hard to come by. And the secondhand market, I think I saw prices that were even higher than that. Yeah. So hopefully there will be resupply soon. But in the meanwhile, uh, let's kind of dive into the game. So essentially, it's set in the 1860s uh, England, where you're playing as a family. So there's a bunch of different families with asymmetric starting bonuses. And you're trying to rebuild your family's glory and reputation to acquire the most victory points. Or, well, basically greatness. Uh, and you're going to do that by hosting events, uh, having guests, hopefully of uh, great repute and standing attend. Um, and yeah, it, it's a Euro style, if the name didn't give it away or the theme didn't give it away. Uh, it is a Euro style game for up to four players, I think five with the expansion. Um, and yeah, the gameplay is expected to last at around 90 minutes, although I can definitely see with uh, strategy, on, especially with the expansions, we just did the base game to start, uh, but it might, you know, of course, go longer than 90 minutes so with that uh, let's go ahead though and dive into the mechanics with Leanne thanks Kevin so um, Obsession is a tableau building game um, I'm not sure why currently on Board Game Geek it, that's not one of the mechanics listed, but it's definitely a tableau builder. Um, and so as Kevin mentioned, the premise is that you're the head of an upper class family in Victorian England. After some troubled decades, your family fortunes are looking up and your goal is to rebuild your estate and increase your standing among the wealthy families in Derbyshire. Um, it's 16 rounds in a standard length game and 20 rounds in the extended game, which is what we played. Um, and so setting up, you take a box that is your family's starting setup. Um, every player has your player board with some starting rooms, starting servants, um, because this is Victorian England and you're the gentry. Um, you have gentry cards in your hand, starting off with your family members. Um, and then you're going to get objective cards to start, which are like your, your secret goals or quests that will give you um, additional points at the ends of the game. So on your turn, what you do is you have um, your available pool of servants. Your servants do cycle as you use them throughout the game. So there will be some rounds when some servants are not available and they get refreshed every single round. You host an activity in one of the rooms of your estate. Um, and that means picking one of the tiles that represents a room, paying the cost in terms of the type of servants that have to host the event, um, and then paying from your hand which guests are part of that activity. And the tile tells you the type of guests and the number of guests. 
Um, and then you claim the benefit from the tile. So you might be getting money, you might be increasing your reputation. Everyone starts off at one reputation and as you host activities, you're gonna increase that. Um, you're gonna also be able to gain more gentry cards. So beyond your family members, which was in your starting hand, you're gonna gain additional people um, that you can then host in your activities in later rounds. Um, and then once you do that, um, hosting the activity, getting the benefit, then you have the option to purchase another room tile and add it to your estate. Um, and that you can see how this continues to build your tableau, expanding the options that you have to host different types of activities and get different types of benefits. Um, every four rounds comprises what's called a season. And at the end of each season, there is a courtship phase where you compete for the favor of the most eligible gentleman and the most eligible lady. And that's based on the amount of points that you have from the type of room that they are interested in for that season. So the gameplay itself, um, I think is actually relatively straightforward, but there are nuances that add um, a nice richness and complexity to this game. So the game really rewards thoughtful tableau building. You want to acquire the right tiles and then make sure to use them. Uh, when you use a tile for the first time by hosting an activity in that room, you flip the tile over and that increases the points that the tile is worth at the end of the game. So you're gonna wanna do that. Um, your reputation, which is uh, tracked in the top right of your tableau, also really matters because it affects which activities and which guests you can host. Um, there are some guests that have a negative effect on your reputation or actually cost you money to host. So it's a good thing there is a way to dismiss them, which means to discard those cards back to the deck and prevent those negative effects. Um, and then there are some special rounds throughout the game um, where some special rules will apply. For example, there's a village fair round. And so if you have um, used that tile and gotten that village fair ability, you're going to get some uh, income during that round. Um, there is a national holiday round, which is really great to take advantage of because in that round, you can actually host activities and guests that are far above your current reputation level um, and so on and so forth. And uh, that's just the base game. There are expansions, as Kevin mentioned. So um, the upstairs and downstairs expansion, which I believe adds some additional types of servants um, and different uh, effects. There is the Wessex expansion with, with room tiles. Um, and there's also a packet of promotional improvement tiles back from the Kickstarter campaign. All right, so that's the quick rundown. Um, and actually going back to the points, yeah, I think it is interesting because there's a little like pie chart, right, in the rules that tells you the distribution of where, generally speaking, your victory points come from. I think, yeah, Tableau was the primary one, of course, a handful of other categories. Um, jumping into the notes, though, for what we liked about the game. So for me, um, you know, even though it's a seemingly straightforward game, there are kind of like I was just saying, a lot of different ways to accumulate the points. And while you do, of course, need to be mindful which ones uh, will give you the most bang for your buck, if you will, again, there's just a lot of ways to approach the game. Uh, and there's also a lot of action. So, I mean, not just in the sense of, you know, hey, you're choosing 
uh, your tile that you're activating, but you then need to choose which guests you're going to have attend. And in some cases, you'll have to choose which ability for that guest you want to uh, have trigger. And then, of course, there's uh, like right the, the activities uh, Leanne was mentioning, the special things, the holiday, the builders holiday, um, the courtship, all of that good stuff. So ju there's just a lot of things going on. Um, so I think it keeps it interesting. And then the other part that I liked is that there's a little bit of an engine building aspect. It's definitely not a primary mechanic here, but you do want to make sure you're getting what better guests. Uh, filtered into your hand and then of course you want to build your reputation ideally so you can put on uh, better events one of course have your stronger guests attend so i thought that was pretty neat as far as my words of caution so at least on the first playthrough i would say yeah all of that freshness comes at a price and it, it definitely felt what i know some people would call fiddly um and i would just say it's kind of hard to manage because there are so many things going on like remembering to flip the tile or assign your servants to the correct card if you're using them, um, participating in the holiday, moving the round marker, which happens at the end of every turn, or I guess round, and then you resume the set of turns in clockwise order, uh, so on and so on. There, there's just a lot of management going on here. So, I mean, yeah, I would say watch out for that. Uh, and then the other part is... And I would say it just, with the nature of the game, was a, a, a very minor thing. So it is really just a cautionary note uh, that there's definitely the randomness here. Um, and I don't mean to say that the game is heavily uh, random-based. I mean, the strategy uh, definitely is a factor here. Uh, but especially with the objective cards, um, you know, the, the draw of the guests... There's definitely uh, enough of a random aspect that it can feel like a small headache and something that you were kind of planning your strategy around, I guess would be the way I put it. Hmm. So hopefully that makes sense, but that's pretty much my, my quick notes on it. How about for you? Um, so I have a lot of positive notes for this game. Um, I love a good tableau builder. And I can tell you that when we played this game, um, I was just really thrilled and grateful to be able to try it because we hadn't played a tableau builder in a long time. I think tableau building is one of the most satisfying type of game mechanics. Um, you haven't played Seven Wonders in so long. Oh my gosh. But, but Seven Wonders is just... I don't know. I like this theme a lot better. I'm going to, so, okay, I'm going to talk about the mechanics that I like, and then I'm going to go to the theme. But with the mechanics, I think what's so satisfying with a tableau builder, any tableau builder, right, is that you can visually see your own progress and accomplishments in the game. Um, and I like that there is a bit of set collection involved because of the different types of rooms. There's like five types. You're trying to get, you know, more of a certain type in any given season because of what those, uh, the most eligible lady and gentleman like and what they're looking for, or maybe based on the objective cards that you have. Um, and then I do like, you know, what, what Kevin was mentioning about having a lot of choices or a lot of ways to accumulate points. This is the only game where I, so far, where I've seen a pie chart in the manual that tells you 
relatively speaking, how many of your points come from the different ways that you can accumulate them. So the tiles you have in your board are definitely number one. I think the people that you eventually acquire in your deck is like the second highest. Um, and then, you know, the objectives and things like that, they do come into play, but to somewhat of a lesser extent, but in a tight game, it could definitely make a difference. Um, I think that Obsession is a really fun game. It's, it's medium weight, not too heavy or difficult in the mechanics, but there is some replayability because you're building your estate room by room. There's that randomness that Kevin mentioned in terms of which tiles are gonna be available next to purchase or which uh, gentry cards, people cards you draw from the deck. Um, and the families themselves have different starting benefits. So I think all of that contributes to the variety in the game. Now let's talk about the theme. Um, and you know, I think the Victorian England theme is nicely done here. Uh, this, this idea of families competing to basically be the most popular and the most reputable, uh, I think is very appropriate, very consistent with how we all probably think about Victorian England um, society. And uh, I think it's a visually pleasing tableau. Um, there's a nice color palette. There's definitely some thought given to the, the room tiles themselves. So, you know, you're going to host a friendly game in the billiards room, or you're going to host afternoon tea, or you're going to host a grand ball. Um, so all of that plays into the theme. And the, the people cards themselves, they all have um, black and white portraits on them. And, and names and titles and a little bit of flavor text. And I, I think that there was definitely a lot of thought put into that. Um, so my word of caution is that the rule book looks really dense. Um, there's a lot of words in there, a lot of explanation, but as you can see from our explanation, it's actually a pretty straightforward game to play. I think it's very important that you should follow what the player guide says on your board in terms of the steps. So that will really help with making sure that all the little details of the management of the game, like Kevin was mentioning, to make sure that all of those are, are done. You want to do those every, every round. You want to do them in order um, so that you don't miss out on any of the points that you could be getting. Um, we did refer back to the rule book and to the glossary, which is a separate booklet, actually pretty frequently during the game to verify some of the nuances of play or the effects of various cards or tiles. So that is where I can see there, there could be a lot to keep track of or a lot to remember and a lot that could play into your strategy if you want to know exactly how is this card or tile going to affect my score. Um, and so that's that's what I have to say about obsession. All right, awesome. And I actually also want to reiterate the part about the theme because yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's well executed in the sense that exactly they put a lot of effort into it and they use it in the game in a thoughtful manner. So yeah, definitely really cool. Uh, oh, great and there's, job on there's that. There's metal coins. Oh, well, I think that's probably for the more expensive. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, the, the metal coins, of course, I think for any game adds a lot. Uh, but yeah, so that's our kind of quick reviews on it. So for the final decisions here, for me, uh, this is definitely at least a play. Uh, I'm not sure if I would label it a purchase yet, and I'll qualify that with because I am unsure exactly what the pricing will look like. 
So mm. we'll see. But it is at least a play. Yep, absolutely worth checking out. Oh, for me, I guess you can probably guess this game is a purchase. Um, I wish I could purchase it right now. I so had... that's a word of caution for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun with this game. I really like the theme. We only played the base game, and I would want to try the expansions. Um, and <laughs> All right. Just an excellent game, it sounds like. <laughs> well... There you have it. That is, um, yeah, our, our kind of quick take uh, on the game. I mean, as you can see, overall very positive, especially from Leanne, where she's no longer able to keep talking because she loves the game that much. And so with that bombshell of an ending for this episode, as always, we thank you for listening, and we hope you join us on our next one. Thank you.